Welcome. Pull up a chair, fill your mug, get comfy, join us at the table for the most unusual tea party. Here's your host and graphologist, Teresa Abram. Welcome to a most unusual tea party. I'm Teresa Abram, your host, graphologist, and founder of Handwriting PI. Today, I am welcoming back to the show, Lena Rivkin, who is the best sidekick and friend that I could possibly ask for. Lena is a fellow graphologist and the vice president of the Southern California chapter of the American Handwriting Analysis Foundation. Welcome back to the show, Lena. Thank you, Teresa. It's great to be here again. As I was getting ready for this, I was thinking about our first two shows as they focused on influential artists and high-profile journalists who work in the media. They want to be recognized. Now, this third show, we enter entirely new territory, the code of discretion. (laughs) Exactly. We are going to take a peek into the world of espionage. We have three different people and their handwriting who all worked in espionage, but in different capacities. So it's going to be really interesting to take a look at their handwriting and see where they're similar and where they're different. Let's get started, Lena. Now we have the handwriting sample of Jack Barsky. And Jack is a guest on the Most Unusual Tea Party. He did come on and to talk to me about his story, which is absolutely fascinating. And we talked about his handwriting. Now, Jack Barsky, that's not his real name, is an ex-KGB illegal spy. So he was born in East Germany, recruited by the KGB after World War II to become a spy. He hung up his chemistry studies, moved to Moscow, where he underwent intensive studies to look and act and speak like an American so he could go and live in the U.S. as an American citizen. Now, one of the things that Jack told me is that during his training, they did try to teach him how to write like an American because there are different styles. And so part of it was learning how to write structurally like an American, which isn't to say by the, um, you know, the words or sentence structure, it's about how you form each individual letter. And Jack let me know that it was actually kind of hopeless for him. They ended up giving up and saying, oh, well, we can't do it. And what we see here in Jack's writing is there's still remnants of it. The way that he does his J, his capital letter J, has a line through the middle of it. And that is very European. And it shows us that there is still that remnant of his European heritage in his writing. And it speaks to the fact that when you try to change your writing, if it just doesn't feel comfortable, it doesn't feel comfortable. And it's really hard to change. We just know when we see a Jay like that, and he's saying he's an American citizen, there is more than meets the eye about Jack. Oh, there certainly is. He's someone I would like to sit next to on a plane and learn a little bit about his journey. It would be like sitting next to an onion. I would find myself peeling back the layers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so true. And, And I think that the first layer of onion for me that I would see is his primary threading. Now, primary threading is made with light to moderate pressure. You're never going to see somebody really grinding hard into the page with their pen when they're doing primary threading. And it typically happens with N's and M's. And what happens is those letters begin to lose their definition and become slightly wavy looking. Overall, the letters retain their basic shape, but it shows us that the writer can think and act 
fast. He's definitely at his best when he's handling, you know, complex matters. And he's going to get a little bit impatient if people try to weigh him down with too many details. This thready writer we know is the king of adaptability. He is a chameleon who, wherever he is, has the ability to take on the shape of his environment and blend in. What do you think, Lena? What do you see in his writing? Well, the overall gestalt of his writing, the form, the space, the movement, reflects why he was so good at his job. I mean, as we know, people who are espionage agents or spies sustain double lives. They have their spa identity and their non-spy public self, so to speak. And they deal with highly confidential and complicated forms of information. Jack Barsky has a consistent balance between tension and release. The rhythm is harmonious and even. He is low key under the radar. He is discreet and can blend in. Yeah, when you talk about, you know, going under the radar, I think that's something just to keep in mind for when we look at the next handwriting sample, which is Robin Dreek, who was an FBI spy recruiter. And I think it's a very important difference between these two gentlemen. And I also see a lot of simplification, the elimination of superfluous strokes, expressing he is quick at grasping ideas. He can think quickly on his feet and make snap decisions. He can compartmentalize. He has a moderate uphill slant consistently, indicating optimism and self-assurance. Sometimes he is influenced by his emotions and it's also organized and he can keep his composure and work independently. The small scale script indicates he has a sharp eye for details, as you had mentioned. He has the ability to collect and evaluate relevant information. And what I really like about that, Lena, is all of that, it's that's the whole image of his writing. Like you talking about Gestalt, and that is the image of his writing. We know that he's friendly. We know that he's really interested in people because of the way that all of his letters have um, they they just they slant towards the right hand margin. So that's showing us that his energy is often directed outwards towards others. His lines are always very clear. There's no entanglement. He's planning ahead to make sure that everything is in order, which for somebody who is, you know, a spy, I think would be a very key part of his personality. And, and when we talk about that sharp eye for detail, what, what is really striking is the way that he dots his eye dot. Now that eye dot, also called a tittle, is usually carefully placed over his eye stem. There is no high-flying or wide-flying eye dot in Jack's writing. And that, again, just shows us this is an expert. This is somebody who can really size up a situation and arrange the details. It's, it's a strong point for him because this is overall very fast writing, and yet he still makes sure that those eye dots are carefully placed. And again, this points to an interesting difference between him and Robin. So are you ready, Lena? Should we take a look at Robin's writing? Sure. All right. Next up is the handwriting of Robin Dreek, who is a former FBI master spy recruiter, and he is the retired chief of the FBI behavioral analysis program. He's an author and he is the founder of People Formula. Robin Dreek is a super intelligent, fast thinker, action taker, and he has a striking difference from Jack. You'll remember with Jack, we talked about those carefully placed eye dots showing an, an attention to detail. With Robin, you'll notice that there is a blank space where that eye dot is supposed to be. So his baseline is to have no eye dot. 
Now, because the baseline is to have no eye dot, it does not mean that he is careless with details. It means something very different. In order for him to have no eye dots in his writing, he had to make a conscious decision at some point in his life that he was not going to do it. So somewhere along the line, he rebelled against the standard and said, I am not doing things your way. I'm going to do it my way. So he's far less of a rule follower than what we saw with Jack, who wanted to kind of stay under the radar and he was going to follow the little rules and not make waves. Now, Lena, what do you see in, you know what, actually, before you tell me what you see in Robin's writing, I'm kind of curious because in Jack, you were talking about him being an onion. <laughs> and so I'm really curious, what do you, you know, what kind of produce do you think Robin is? Well, I think Robin is an apple. <laughs> <laughs> like, like an American pie. You take a big bite and you just taste it. What you see is what you get. Robin Dreek is the type of guy who speaks at leadership conferences, executive summits, big name business schools. He would give you a lot to think about. He is all business. He's very practical. The motivational aspect of Dreek's content comes less from the heart, but more from the head. He's cognitive. He thrives on challenges. Yeah. And, and the one thing that, you know, I think it's really striking when we compare it back to Jack's, because you mentioned the cognitive that he's thinking from his head and not so much from his heart. When we look at Jack's, we see that rightward leaning letters, the rightward trend of everything. And then you look at Robin's again, and you can see it's much more vertical. So that's telling us he does have that cognitive ability. It's going to be head over heart. And it's very natural writing. It's free flowing, unpretentious and expressive, very much his own person. He likes the latitude to do things his way. It's efficient. He's sure of himself, outspoken, not afraid to have an opposing opinion. Uh, I see he's upfront and logical. He has a sharp eye for details. As you mentioned, he can spot opportunities instantly. He is driven and positive to achieve his goals. And I also see that it's very simplified, quick connectors. He eliminated superfluous strokes. He streamlined letters for speed and clarity. In addition, the rapid movement indicates he is razor sharp and facile in grasping data on people. Mentally energetic, quick observer, highly organized. As you had pointed out, he does not waste time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think what would be really interesting if you were sitting on a plane and you had Jack on one side and Robin on the other, <laughs> the yeah. conversation would right. be really entertaining. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I also see too, how his writing fluctuates on and off the baseline. So he does not want to be pinned down as well as his capital I formations are very strong and independent. He's unlikely to respond to outside pressure to conform or meet other people's standards. And, you know, one of the things is unlike Jack, who is pretty much a rule follower, he wants to stay under the radar. He's not going to cause waves. What we see with Robbins is he will. He, 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 he's not going to be a rule follower. He, if he wants to, he will cause waves and he will stand firm in what he believes, even if it causes a little bit of of discomfort. Oh, definitely. Because there's so much variation. He can shift gears so fast. You would not even notice 
inconsistent threadiness, not an open book about his feelings. So in that sense, there's a lot of personal reserve that he has. Yes. And that's a great way to put it, because I think that's one of the interesting pieces of Robin is that dichotomy between he's not really an open book with his feelings. That's true. And yet in some ways he is totally an open book. This is not a man who keeps a lot of secrets. He is honest. Well, I think that's everything for for Robin. Let's move on to Aldrich Ames, the infamous double agent, our final sample in the world of espionage. This is the handwriting of Aldrich Ames. Now, Aldrich Ames was a double agent, and he was one of the highest ranking CIA officers ever convicted of espionage. He is currently in prison and will be there for life. And when I see this handwriting, I'm really excited because finally, finally, it looks like the spy writing that I have been looking for. <laughs> you know, when I, I look at it, really, the overall image to me is uh, actually, you know what, Lena, before I tell you what that image is, I'm going to keep us on our shopping trip. You had taken us into the produce section for Jack and for Robin, and I'm going to do that with Aldrich. When I look at Aldrich's writing, what I see is an artichoke. There's all sorts of layers there that are protecting the heart. You really do have to do a lot of work to get to the center and to the good stuff. He has got natural defenses in place that is protecting who he is. For me, when I look at this image, it is, you know, I I think of him as an artichoke, but I also really can't get out of my head the image of barbed wire. Indeed, very prickly. (laughs) Many letters end abruptly with a hook and his name extends below the baseline with a hook. They are involuntary and flexible strokes. You see hooks more in angular writing for the audience. There is a shakiness, a tremor, reflecting the possibility of a health issue or anxiety or something else. It is very tight. He has club strokes and blobs, which look like a hesitation in the writing motion. He holds on to a lot of tension and anxiety. He does not easily let go. I see irritability, there is resentment and a lack of patience, and he may have unscheduled outbursts of anger and aggression. You were talking about holding on to things. And we know that from his, his hooks, we know that he's going to hold on. If he's insulted by something, he's going to hold on to that hurt and that injury. But we also know that he's going to hold on to secrets, which for a spy, pretty essential, especially acting as a double agent. So here we see he's got these O's that are filled in and you can see it repeatedly. That is definitely his baseline where he fills his O's in with ink. He also takes his A's and elongates them, making more of an oval. And they're very, 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 very narrow. So they look filled in as well. And that tells us this is a person who holds on to secrets and he knows he's holding on to that secret. He's conscious of it. It's in stark contrast to what we saw in Robin's writing where he had open O's and with Jack's again, open O's. So it is interesting. Again, it's like, this is a spy guy right here. He is a double agent holding on to those secrets. Yeah, he's definitely reserved and has an, a rich internal life. <laughs> yes. If yeah. we put, if we were sitting next to him on an airplane, uh, <laughs> I think he'd have his nose in a book or something. There wouldn't be very much conversation. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, well, the writing is small in scale and very steady on the baseline. He's reality-based. He mm-hmm. lives in the world, as you would expect from people in espionage. You know, they are always problem-solving. There is a CPA forensic-like quality to them. 
Yes. And, and we see that because he's writing on lined paper and he follows the line. He sticks to it. He brings all his letters back down to the line. And if you remember when we talked about Robin again, he also used lined paper, but he floated his words and his letters above it. Mm -hmm. And that shows that ability to adapt quickly and go with the flow that is missing in Aldrich Ames's writing. Well, he's not a spontaneous guy. He's very mm -hmm. thorough. He's a micro guy. He's deeply analytical. Once he sets his mind on something, he leaves no stone unturned. He is not someone who will accept anyone else's answer, does his own research. He questions and demands proof before accepting anything. Yes. So you said no stone unturned. Okay. He's got the T for that. That is the poster T, poster boy T for, for leaving no stone unturned. <laughs> it's a tied T stem, which shows persistence and determination. So, yep. He is going to follow things, follow, th follow things through. I mean, speaking of markets and shopping, yeah. this is the guy who makes a shopping list and follows it to the letter down each aisle. He is not prone to impulse purchases. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, he's not. It is just there's too much analytical thinking going on for him to be impulsive in that regard. And we know there's the analytical thinking because of all the points. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Lena, as we take a deep dive into the world of espionage. Well, thank you so much. You are a wonderful host, and thank you for inviting me. Oh, thank you so much, and we'll talk later, Lena. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you're wanting to hear more from Teresa and her guests, be sure to subscribe on the platform of your choice and follow her on Instagram at handwriting underscore PI.